Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. We are so excited that you joined us today. Our lead pastor, Pastor James Lair, is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. So we've been studying Galatians, standing firm in our freedom, and that's what it's all about. And boy, that's something today we recognize as precious, the freedoms we have, and especially the freedom we have in Christ. And so we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. If we are believers in Jesus Christ, there's going to be evidence in our life by the fruit that we produce. And so we've been, we started about the fruit of love. The, it begins with love. All the other fruit are, will build on this foundation of love. And all the other fruit are dependent on the fruit of love. If you don't have love, you're not going to have joy. You're not going to have peace. You're not going to have all these other qualities And so of all the fruit, we need the fruit of love, and we need to be producing that fruit. We talked about that God is love, and that we love because God first loved us, and God demonstrated his love for us by sending his son to die for us, and he calls upon us to demonstrate our love as well. Just like God showed his love, he proved his love by sending Jesus, we're to express our love as well, and we express our love to God through obedience to his word. It's the greatest way we show our love to God is by obeying his commands. We're also to love our neighbors and we're to love ourselves, love our neighbors as ourselves. We're to love other Christians and the hardest one is we are to love our enemies. But that is the greatest test of love as of all is to love our enemies. So now we're gonna talk about the fruit of the spirit of joy. Does anybody want joy in your life besides me? Now, I want to tell you, this this is kind of an elusive fruit. Because as believers in Jesus Christ, we should, of all people, have a sense of joy. Now, it may be because we don't understand what joy is. Joy is not the same as happiness, and we're going to dive into that. There's There's vast differences. I know we all want to be happy, but what we all really need is joy. Because joy we can have whether we're happy or not. And we'll get into that a little bit tonight. But I, to me, this is an important study. And we're not going to finish the study of joy tonight. Because I don't, I, I, from the ministry I do, and even, the only, only, even my own challenges I face, sometimes I struggle with having the joy of the Lord. And we need the joy of the Lord. And God wants to freely give us the joy of the Lord. So why don't we have it? Any idea of why we, we don't seem to have the joy of the Lord? Anybody? Okay, worry. Anyone else? Why don't we have the joy of the Lord? Yes. Okay, we put other things ahead of it. Like what? Be careful, I haven't had dinner yet tonight, so, yeah, so I may be losing my joy right now. No, but you're exactly right. We put a lot of things before joy. We, put a, we do a lot of things in our life we think are going to bring joy. Well, really, we think they're going to bring happiness. And we're going to find out that it, that is not always the case. What's, what are other reasons? Uh, no, so let me, I, I'm, tr- I'm still in a little of my thunder. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. I'm so excited about this study. Because this is one of the fruit of the Spirit I want to grow more in. I want more joy in my life. And so there are reasons we we don't have 
the joy of the Lord. And this is something that should mark us as Christians. People that know you should think, well, you know what? They, they seem, you now in their vernacular, they'll say they seem happy all the time. How do I get that happiness? Well, you get that happiness by not pursuing it. <laughs> Even though it's, you know, we're, we've been promised the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How many know the pursuit of happiness is just that? It's a chase. It's a long run. But joy is not something you have to chase down. It's not something that you have to pursue. And so we're going to find out what joy is and how we get it and how we keep it and how we express it in our life. Because, again, just in my own challenges in life and the people I've ministered to, I was running all over the place today with many needs in our church today, hospital visits and crises, and, and, my, and my heart is just heavy for the trials and tribulations that people are going through. And, and so sometimes just in discouragement, you can begin to lose your joy. But no matter what, we should be able to have the fruit of joy in our life. So let's dig in and find out how, okay? All right. First, let's read our passage, Galatians 5.22 in the NIV. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Now let's read it in the Amplified Bible. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes. Now I like that. The Holy Spirit in you will produce love and joy. And we're going we're gonna to find out how, how important it is that you have the Holy Spirit in your life if you want joy in your life. Is love, joy, and in parentheses, gladness. And let's read it from the Message Bible. Give kind of a full grasp of it. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others. Exuberance about life. So he defines joy with exuberance about life. Well, let's, let's define joy in the original language it was written, which is Greek. And the word, uh, so we're on letter A. Thank you. You guys are doing great. Joy is kara in the Greek. And it's, it's charis, rejoicing. Very similar word. It's the same root word. Kara means a constant, calm, and composed delight or cheerfulness. Now, joy is exuberant. There are times we're going to find out where there's a word for joy in the Old Testament that says dance around in a circle. So we're going to practice that when we come to that. No, I'm just kidding. Don't want to scare anybody. We won't have anybody at Bible study. But joy is not just the exuberance. That's part of joy. But really what's the, the key definition of joy is this constant. Remember, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And so joy is to be a constant in our life. And sometimes that'll be shown in exuberance. We're rejoicing and we're dancing in a circle. And other times it'll just be a calm, a, a composure that we have and because of what we, what we know inside. Joy is a delight of the mind. 
Now, joy is something that will really help us with worry, with anxiety, with some of the emotional struggles we have. Joy is the cure to depression. It really is. And we're going to find that when we rejoice, joy comes into our life. But we've got to rejoice. It's just like the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you're battling depression, a spiritual heaviness, the remedy is to praise the Lord, like we were doing tonight. And Nathan was exhorting us to to enter into praise, because when we enter into praise and we enter into rejoicing, that spirit, and it's a spirit many times, of heaviness has to flee, cannot trouble us. And so joy is a delight of the mind. Joy will bring a satisfaction to your mind, a, a settledness to your mind. Arising from a present assurance of a future good. Let me say that again. Joy is a delight of the mind arising from a present assurance of a future good. We get joy because in the present, we have assurance that everything's going to be okay down the road. Now, it may look bad right now. Finances are tight. Bad report from the doctor. But we don't dwell on the negative. We stand and have an assurance, a present assurance of a future good. Because no matter what happens, God is good. And he's going to see us through these times. Joy, it looks beyond the present to our future salvation and to our sovereign God who works things all together for our good. And so we can have joy in the present even if, it, even if things are rough because of our hope of the future, because of the promises we have in Jesus Christ, because of the glory of heaven. I have done so many funerals the last few weeks. It's been stunning and attended several more. And usually during the holidays, we, I, I do a lot of funerals. I've learned not to take vacation from Christmas to New Year's because I'll be end up doing, one time I did six funerals just in those days, six days. And so, but it's, it's odd. There's been so many tragedies and, and people have passed away during this time. But I want you to know that as a believer in Jesus Christ, Death is a promotion. And when I do these funerals, it's, it's a big difference when I do a funeral for someone I know as a Christian. Because there's joy. There's a sense of joy. We don't rejoice that they're gone. We rejoice that we know they're in heaven. And that, that belief of the future promise gives us joy in the present. We can be going through the worst time in the present so we got to start thinking of eternity. We got to think of heaven. You know, we don't. We used to sing a lot about heaven. A lot of the hymns were all about "I'll fly away, O glory," and "In the garden," and all these. We don't sing about heaven as much because we're we're trying to get heaven on earth, and we're never going to get it. But I, we are st- starting to see more and more songs about heaven. I hope that means Jesus is coming soon. He is. Letter B, let's talk about the difference between happiness and joy. Now, there's nothing wrong with being happy. God wants us to be happy, but we have to understand that that there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is good, 
but joy is best. It's far better. And so what happens often is that we pursue happiness and we think we're going to gain happiness through a certain thing. So let's talk about that. What are some ways people think will make them happy? What are some things, some ideas, some beliefs? What do people pursue to make them happy? Some thoughts. A dream, okay. Something they, they have in their heart that they, if I can just have this dream come true, I'll be happy. Good. Someone else. Money. A new car. A new car. I sound like Bob Barker on The Price is Right. He's not even on The Price is Right anymore. It's been a long, I showed, I showed my age right there. Bob Barker. Who's Bob Barker? Just Google it. A new car. Right. In fact, we know that there are people in marketing that are thinking of things that you'll want that you think will make you happy. And because and the, they want to separate you from your money <laughs> more than anything. Some other re- things that people do to find happiness. A spouse. M- what's that? A spouse. a spouse, okay. Or a relationship of some kind. If, and, and a lot of times what will happen is someone already has a spouse and thinks another spouse will bring them happiness. <laughs> it's like you weren't happy with the first one. Chances are you're not be happy with the second one. In fact, if I may di- diverge here, the rate of divorce for those who divorce and remarry a second time, the rate of divorce is twice as high for that second marriage. So we don't want to believe that lie. And you, someone else? A house. A house. Stuff. stuff. That's right. Just if we can just have more stuff. Isn't it amazing? You can tell what has happened to our society. One of the biggest businesses, most successful business, are storage units. Did you know that? It's one of the most, there's building them all over Bakersfield. In fact, isn't it Daryl's storage that everybody takes pictures in front of because, you know, they've got grass and rock and some kind of formation. I see, you know, especially around graduation time, you see people laying in front of a storage unit to get their senior pictures, because at least Daryl's makes it look nice. But it is one of the most successful, and they said, only in America do you put your junk in the garage and your $50,000 car on the street, right? So that's messed up. We've got our junk in the garage and our expensive automobile out in in the weather. But just the fact that storage units are prolific, it's because people can't get rid of their junk. I'm telling you, we, Jolie and I, one time, we moved from California to Texas and back to California and then to Bakersfield, and I swear there were boxes I moved all four times and never opened. How many know if you've moved three or four times with the same box, throw it away. You're not going to use it. Now, a lot of it is my kids' toys, and they're like, oh, I can't throw that away. And I said, you're 30 years old. You can let go of this, puff, this, this toy here. So stuff, I think if, if there's probably no greater explanation of, of why we, uh, we are unhappy because we want stuff and we get the stuff we want and we're still not happy. So we try more stuff. Any other thoughts of how people try to become happy? Emotion, Emotion. promotion. That's right. What else? Fame. Yes. Recognition. 
boy, there are people that are, are hooked to that. They need affirmation. Now, that's my, one of, that's my love language, if you've ever studied the five love languages, affirmation. But that can go too far. Everybody needs a little affirmation. But if, we, if, if, we're, if it's the only way we find our happiness, that's a problem. If it's through affirmation. Yes? Okay. Yes, marriage, a length of a marriage. That's right. Everybody says, they, well, not everybody, somebody says there's a seven-year itch. That's as long as a marriage can last. Well, I'm on 37 right now, so bless God. Uh, and she hasn't got rid of me yet. So let's, we as a believer are not to, it's okay to want to be happy, but we need to understand that what we really should be pursuing is joy. And I, I, I believe this with all my heart, and I, I know it on, in the word, and I know it in my mind. I want to get this in my life, deep in my soul. Because, and I want every believer to have joy. And so let's look at the difference, because I, I think most of us instinctively look for happiness and not joy. And we've got to start looking for joy. So let's go through it. Number one, happiness is on a human level. Joy is on a spiritual level. This is important to understand. Let me say it again. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is an attitude. So we need to see that for us, it's not about what we feel. It's about our attitude. We cannot always control our feelings. They come and go. But we can control our attitude. Not easily. It's like 10 lions you're trying to tame. But we can, we, we have the power to control our attitude, to change our attitude to have the right attitude. And when you have the right attitude, it can change everything in your life. Often, this is true even in the secular world, they've, they've recognized for people that were terminal with illness, those that had a good attitude had a longer life and a better quality of life than those who just gave up in despair. And so attitude can actually have a physical effect a good or bad one will have a physical effect on us. So happiness is a feeling that comes and goes because our feelings come and go. We can't always control them, but we can control our attitude and the right attitude will lead to the right feelings. The right mindset, remember joy has to do with the mind. If we have the right mindset, we can, can begin to feel differently. I know this by experience. You can wake up, my mom used to tell me, two people, there are two people in the world. Those that wake up and say, good morning, Lord. And those that wake up and say, good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> so how are you going to start your day? Good morning, Lord, or good Lord, it's morning. That's where it begins. That's where your day begins. And there are times I'll, I'll wake up and instead of grabbing, you know, my phone and going on, you know, looking on the news or Facebook or whatever it may be, I begin to just say, give thanks to the Lord. God, I want to thank you for all that I have. 
all the good in my life. I want to start my day with the Lord and that it's good morning, Lord. It's a good morning. It's a good day. Something good is going to happen today. I believe that, Lord. And if we can start our day with the attitude of joy, then we will have feelings of happiness. I do believe that an attitude of joy will bring feelings of happiness. I do believe that. But if we're trying to just focus on the feelings of happiness, we won't get either. So let's continue on. Happiness is dependent. Joy is independent. Now let me break this down. Now we defined joy in the Greek as kara. Let's define the word happiness. This is so interesting. According to the dictionary, dictionary.com, you can look this up yourself, the term happiness comes, it's from like the 1400s where this word came from, and it's hap, H-A-P-P, comes from the Old Norse term hap, meaning luck or chance. So the word happiness in its original intent was luck or chance. And isn't that what happiness is? It's luck or chance. Oh, if I play the lottery, bless God, and I win a million dollars, I'll be happy. Have you studied those who have won multi-million dollars in lottery? Go Google it sometimes. Many of them destroyed their lives. Yeah, most of the money's gone within five years, even if it was millions. And you read these stories of people who have hit the lottery. It has not brought happiness. It has brought misery. Their family members have, you know, died and, and overdosed and just terrible addictions. And, and so, again, it's the lie that money's going to bring us happiness. And if we get lucky. And that's what happiness is. It, it's, it's luck. It's chance. In the online etymology dictionary, I love studying how words came to be, where they started out. And like I've said, a lot of the English language, the root words are Greek, are from the Greek, or the Latin, or from he, even Hebrew and Aramaic. So it's, it's interesting to study how that word came to be. So originally, the word happiness or happy meant lucky, Favored by fortune, being in advantageous circumstances, right? You're happy if you have the right circumstances. It meant prosperous. Of events, it meant things that turn out well. So happiness is luck, that something will turn out well. Do you see why we shouldn't depend on happiness? It's a game of chance. It's luck. It means you, you can only be happy if you have happy circumstances. But how many of you know life does not always give us happy circumstances? Life doesn't do that. Life's not fair. And so we pursue, if, if I just have the right spouse, the right amount of money, the right job, if things just go my way and nobody messes with my schedule, I'll be happy and we actually give away our control. We give away our joy in pursuit of happiness. And so happiness is the result of pleasant 
favorable or lucky happenings. So when you see happiness, think of happenings, lucky happenings or circumstances. But joy is a state of being. And it's not dependent upon one's surrounding or situation in life. We can be in a season of grief and still have the calm joy of the Lord in our hearts. Don't you want that? Because we can't control our circumstances. But we can control our joy. In fact, the fruit of joy grows best in adverse circumstances. Oh boy. Great. We just needed to hear that. But if, here's, here's what I'm saying. And you'll, you'll see it. I don't just throw this out there. I try to back everything up with scripture. It's not my word. It's God's word. And I want you to, we're going to take these four scriptures and I want you to see how joy grows best in the soil of adversity. And so if we want more joy in our life, it's in those hard times where it grows best. Now, isn't it interesting how certain things grow in certain climates better than they do in other climates? Someone told me that in Fiji, you can grab a twig off, you know, a, live, a, a healthy twig off a branch, stick it in the ground, and it'll grow. There's just so much richness of the soil in Fiji. Even in Bakersfield, we've got pretty good soil here, don't we? Lots of dead dinosaurs brought us oil and soil. We just need water. <laughs> and we don't have enough of that. So we're dependent on Sacramento. But think about this. Now, now we're deciding, do I want joy? <laughs> but the irony is, it's in the adverse circumstances that joy grows. And if your joy is growing, you'll be okay in those circumstances, those adverse circumstances. Your joy can grow. Now, we have to have the right attitude, the right mindset, and the right spirit. But if we're mindful of the fact that we're going through a hard time right now, and God has promised that my joy would grow. And so I'm going to focus on that. Now, you have a responsibility to have joy. You must rejoice. Okay? And we're going to get, in, uh, get into that a little bit later. The way we get joy is by rejoicing. It's an action we do. It's an attitude we have that brings joy into our life. This fruit grows so let's look at these scriptures that show joy grows best in adverse soil. Habakkuk 3:17 and 18. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, and because of COVID, we could say, and no toilet paper on the shelf. <laughs> if all these bad things happen, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Does that just amaze you? This is an incredible statement. And, and Zeph uh, Habakkuk is speaking of the destruction of Judah by Babylon. And then this was going to happen. 
And so Habakkuk understood that even if the worst thing happens, he's not letting go of his joy. And in fact, it's in that setting where he will rejoice and then he'll be joyful. Rejoicing leads to joy. 2 Corinthians 7.4, I could stay there for a while, but we, let's move on. Paul says, 2 Corinthians 7.4, I have great confidence in you. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged in all our troubles. My joy knows no bounds. In all our troubles, my joy is boundless and limitless. How can that be? Let's, let's just talk for a second. How can in all our troubles our joy abound? Any ideas? So we put our trust in, yes? Yes. Yes. Right. Amen. Amen. You know, this life is short compared to eternity. You know, we may get 70, 80. My dad, 96. God bless him. I think he's got those good genes come my way. We, we've got, we're long livers with short kidneys. Anyway. <laughs> You're right. I think if nothing else brings you joy, the thought of heaven should. Seeing family. I could see my mom, my brother, my baby son. You know, that brings tears of joy to my eyes, the thought of that. Yes. Yes. Joy is forged in the fires of affliction. I'm, I'm impressed you remembered that. Thank you. Yes, it's in the heat. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 and 2. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. There's here, severe trial, extreme poverty equals overflowing joy. Now, can we have joy in great wealth? Yes. We'll probably have more happiness in great wealth uh, than joy. But the, the, and we know that the secret is not having wealth or being poor. The secret is being content wherever we're at. That's the secret of joy. James chapter 1 verse 2 in the New Living Translation. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, I think it's hard for us to have joy because we don't feel it. And we feel like a phony if we rejoice. Yeah, but I'm telling you, 
You're not being a phony. You're taking authority over your flesh. The problem in our life is our flesh. It's that old man that needs to be crucified. It's the old sinful nature that, that came before the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, we talked about the fruit of the flesh. And those things are the what that cause us such trial and tribulation. But we are what should mark us from every other, uh, every other individual that does not know the Lord is that we have joy. And so, number three, happiness is based upon present circumstances. Joy is based upon future promises. Again, like you were saying, it's, if we focus on our present circumstances, yeah, we'll get discouraged. But if we focus on our future rewards, do you know there's great reward in heaven? You know, Paul said that he had forsaken everything for the reward. We, we don't even imagine how great, we can't even fathom how great heaven's going to be. Think about it, no more sin, no more evil, no more sorrow, no more pain. All of these things that we battle with down here for a brief period of time will all be gone for eternity. And so happiness is based on what's going on right now, what's happening right now. But joy is based upon what we know is going to happen. And we can get anxious about COVID and all the craziness of the world. Or we can recognize, hey, it means Jesus is coming soon. It's in the book. These things we're seeing. I mean, never did I imagine a time that you couldn't go into a restaurant without a certain card or a test. I mean, can, is, is that unfathomable? And in Revelation, it says you'll never not be able to buy or sell. Are we getting there? Boy, I've never been, we've never been this close before. And so it remains to be seen how far it will go. Now, I, I, I heard that they, they found a bunch of fraudulent COVID cards. So, you know, they, you know, because of fraud, they may have to do something else. So it's just, it's just fascinating to me. And again, this should not scare us. We should be saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. It's okay. All right. Happiness is based on present circumstances. Luke 6.22, blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. There it is. For, for that is how the fathers treated the prophets. So many times Jesus pointed to heaven, to eternal life. Number four, how's this one? Happiness can be taken from us. Joy cannot. People can rob us of our happiness, right? They, if they say something hurtful to us, that takes away our happiness. But it should not be able to take away your joy. Nothing can take away your joy if you have the right spirit and attitude. John 16, 22, Jesus said, So with you, now is your time of grief but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Again, speaking of eternity, joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
Number five, happiness does not satisfy. Joy is a state of satisfaction. So there's the difference. Happiness comes and goes. And again, there's, there's nothing wrong with being happy. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be happy as long as you understand it's, it's good luck. It's, it's temporary. It's transitory. It's okay. But what we really need is joy because that is a state of being. It is a calm, constant joyfulness. Though many have achieved wealth and status, those pursuits have not brought satisfaction. Like we talked about the lottery winners. Everybody thought, man, having millions of dollars, just if I had millions of dollars, I'd be happy. Let me tell you, if you're not happy with what you have now, you won't be happy with millions of dollars. It's, it's amazing just to see how quickly you know, professional athletes become instant millionaires and how they, can, they can't manage that either. And it doesn't bring the happiness that, that the world says will come. Joy is the state of satisfaction we receive when we pursue a relationship with God. As we walk with the Lord, especially through the valley of the shadow of death, especially during the fires of affliction, joy will grow. I want to pause there. We'll pick up the source of joy and the expressions of joy, where we get our joy. I'll pick that, pick that up next week. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for having so much direction and guidance in your word for life. Never is there a book that offers so much wisdom and, Lord, such guidance because, Lord, you want us to have joy. Lord, even in our most difficult circumstances, it is your desire, as we will see, that you want us to have joy as a constant in our life. Not just come and go like happiness, but a steady calm in our spirit. I pray we would grow in joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, folks.